This is the one-minute how-to, item 437, how to calibrate your monitor. Hello everyone, this is George, your host. On this show, we've got Paul Jaguer, and he's going to explain to us how to calibrate your monitor. Paul, can you first tell us a little something about yourself? Sure. I'm a fine art photographer, and my work can be found at pauljaguer.com. Also, I'm the host of the podcast Thoughts on Photography, and that's a podcast that's been going on for about two years, and we talk about non-technical stuff. So this is an opportunity to talk about something that's a little bit more technical-oriented. Paul, would you like to set things up for us first? When you first purchase a monitor for your computer, it comes with a driver, and that driver helps your operating system for your computer understand the monitor and be able to communicate with it. The problem is that as monitors get older, they tend to drift in terms of their calibration. Normally, this is not a problem. Most people don't care about it, but if you're a photographer, it's very important because when you edit your photographs on your monitor, the output to your printer may not actually match and it may actually be really far off over time. So how to solve that problem? Monitor calibration. Okay, Paul, if you're ready, then you've got 60 seconds. All right. There are a lot of products out there. Some of them are very expensive, but in general, LACIE, that's L-A-C-I-E, X-Rite, which is X-R-I-T-E, and Pantone, P-A-N-T-O-N-E, have inexpensive options that are available for general consumers. They generally run about $100, and what you get for your $100 is a device, a puck, if you will, that literally hangs in front of your monitor, plugs into your USB port, and comes with some software that walks you through the steps of calibrating your monitor. Essentially, the steps are once your puck is on your monitor and is placed properly and you're running the software, you will then be prompted to leave it alone and let it sample different colors on your screen. Those colors get read into the puck and to the software, and then you're asked to make calibration changes to your monitor, and that's monitor calibration. How would you go about making those uh, calibration changes? Most monitors have a setup button. When you press the setup button physically on the monitor, you come up with different kinds of options that you can change, including red, green, and blue settings, or temperature and color settings. And what you do is you make fine changes to these colors over each iteration. The puck on your monitor will then resample the color and then come back and show you how accurate it is within a certain temperature range. Once you reach the desired temperature range, you are then calibrated. And what that means is that the software will then create a driver or a applet that your operating system will load every time you turn your computer on. This driver is a custom driver that was developed by the calibration software, which will make your monitor show accurate and true color, which means that when you work on your photos and you print them, what you see on your monitor will be what you get on your printer. And that's really important because when you see something on your monitor, you don't want to send it to the printer and see something completely different. You want to at least get pretty doggone close to what you actually think that you're going to be getting. Exactly. In its worst sense, a color actually shifts to another spectrum. So a purple becomes a black or a green or something, and that's the worst case. But it's usually more subtle than that. You might see a black and white photograph that you've been working on actually have purple or kind of greenish tinge to it when you print it. 
And that generally happens because your monitor is not properly calibrated or it's shifted over time because it's a little bit older. And generally, I recalibrate my monitor every three months. You didn't mention really your thoughts on photography podcast. Could you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure. It's a podcast that really talks about what it means to live a photographic life. And, and by that, what it means to be a person who uses photography as a way to express themselves, as a way to explore what it means to them to exist either artistically or to exist as someone who uses photography as a way to kind of reach deeper into their artistic background and their interests. And where would we find that? That's at thoughtsonphotography.com. And I've also got my own website at uh, www.paulgiguer.com. Paul, thanks a lot. I do appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you.